Welcome to Pain in the Dice, a exploration of games and their wider implication in our lives. Because games are fun, but often hard. And today we have invited Monica, invited, invited Monica Specka, the fifth Beatle, to join us today to talk about our 2021 year in review and our 2022, what we think we're going to do. This is technically an April 1st episode because talking about 2021 and 2022 would imply that time is not in fact a flat circle. I guess our first question is, so what the dink did we play this year? Chaz, what did you play and did you like any of it? I played a bunch of games this year, actually, and I... I liked almost all of them. Let me see if I can can run through everything that I I did. Um, uh, Wanderhome uh, was one that I, I got to the table a, a couple of times uh, and and enjoyed consistently. I got to play Nahual that you ran uh, when we had our our brief uh, interlude of pandemic uh, when it looked like things were going all right before Delta showed up and got to meet in person, and so played a bunch of things there. So we played, that was one of the plays of Wanderhome as well, played that other game with the drawing. A Quiet Um, Year? Yes, A Quiet Year, which I enjoyed once I leaned into it being ridiculous, but it it left me wanting more framework or more context uh, for The Quiet Year. I did not participate in playing games at cons as much as I have in previous years, but I did play Cypher System game at Gen Con Online, and I had fun with that. And that was kind of a traditional dungeon crawl in Cypher System, which was interesting to see how that played out. Afterwards, my my stance was, I see no reason that I would ever play D&D again, because keep it is simpler and more fun using the same central mechanic. And then at... Uh, the gathering of folks with Monica, I got to play a a couple of games. I played uh, Danielle's Chaos Game, where I got to bring my Invisible Sun character to the table with a bunch of other characters and actually, like, put components out on the table, which was was fun. And I tried the Fallout RPG. Slightly outside of RPG space, got to play Malifaux, and that was neat. And then for long-running games, of course, I, I finished The Fall of Giara, uh, and we've had our ongoing Invisible Sun game. So I wouldn't say there's any low points in the stuff that I've played. It was a solid, solid year of gaming. Oh yeah, and I'm playing Changeling the Lost, which so far has just been a, a just prelude sessions, but it's uh, Noah is running that, and they are a great storyteller. I still think we should just start a podcast, which is exalted in every other system and setting. I think that would be the best thing to do. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, we played s- Lady Black Exalted. So many, so many games, <laughs> fleetingly. How about you, Monica? What you play this year? Oh my God, I don't know when twenty twenty ended okay. and when twenty twenty one began. When did we play Bluebeard's Bride? Was that last year? That was last year. Last year. That was okay. that was just at the tail end. I think was it, it was at like the very November. End? Okay. Um, yeah, that. Okay. I think I think we played in November, and I aired those episodes like in January. So I. I... Okay, that's probably why I was like, "When do we?" I did a lot of eat, sleep, and breathing essence. So like that occupied a lot of my brain space for a very long time. We did a lot of internal testing and testing with my home group and testing with a couple playtest groups for like a year, <laughs> and I kind of did nothing else while that went on. 
So I'm going to have to put that at the top of my list as just crouching on top of my ability to think about other things. We played Thirsty Sword Lesbians at the oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, that was a new, that was a first for me, even though I had backed it. Um, so it was the first time I got to play it. I made a character for Worlds Without Number, but then I wound up not playing in that game. We played Scion this year, I think. Uh, I played This Discord Has Ghosts in It. Ooh, how's how was that? that? That was really fun. It's not a campaign game. It is a game you play once for like that event, but it is really fun, especially in these quarantine times to play with people online and to like talk to them a little bit. And it's very enjoyable to play as like a spooky one shot and have like a fun little Halloween adventure. Someone compared it to, fuck, what's that video game? Phant- Phantasmagoria, Phantasm- Phant- Phantasmophobia, Phantasphobia, something like that, which both of you are giving me blank looks, so. Shrug. That's fine. Uh, someone in the audience will be like, oh, that game. In the video game, you are playing a person who's ghost hunting. And then like once you figure out what the ghost wants, you have to like activate it. And then it tries to kill you and you have to escape. But in this Discord has ghosts. All the ghosts basically pick a couple traits that uh, define them. The ghosts can only type. The investigators can only talk. Play this over a Discord server. And you build the haunted house in channels as you go. The investigators must uncover through spooky clues the ghosts provide. They have to parse out who the ghosts are. It's basically just scary guess who, but it is collaborative. Like the ghosts theoretically want to be released and you're supposed to scare the shit out of the investigators, but not harm them. So like, it isn't it isn't like a c- competitive game. You're not trying to kill the other people. The, the investigators have to, f- to figure out who you are and why and then figure out something to release you and you're supposed to be... And it is the ghost's job to scare the investigators. Um, so the investigators also put down things that they find scary and then the ghosts succeed in their half of the game by touching on all the things that the investigators are scared of and the investigators succeed on their half of the game by figuring out who the ghosts are and releasing them. And once at the end of the night, once all the ghosts have been released the ghosts then remark on something about each of the investigators and then the story ends and you have this sort of like complete interesting little story that you told for one night and it's just a fun one-off uh ghost story type experience cool yes fun when you said Um, like the ghosts need to pick up on what the investigators are afraid of i just picture one taking the form of like a zombie ghost clown that looks like your mother and demands that you do public speaking or something like that (laughs) Uh, the they make a list like everybody picks um two or three things that that is their fear um and the ghosts have access to that you are also eliminating things that make you uncomfortable. So, mm-hmm. like, if someone is really scared of spiders, we're not going to be using spiders on this. But someone else might also propose that they are very afraid of, like, dark hallways or ominous sounds coming from nowhere or whatever, like blood dripping down the walls. These people should not go in my big guest bedroom. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> we did demo Exalted 3rd Edition, so I did play that. And that mm-hmm. is pretty separate from... from essence living in my brain constantly um yeah i had fun doing those um yeah i think especially i had fun doing the little essence things yeah like those i were fun too sorry for interrupting but just the fact that it's be like i read it i could run this game uh and it kind of worked <laughs> i feel like <laughs> if there were a way to condense that down to a single sentence and put that on a little like medallion to add to advertisements like <laughs> even this guy that fundamentally doesn't understand exalted was able to do it with de minimis effort that was so much of my 2021 because it launched in June, right? 
Kickstarter was in June. It was sometime in the middle I'm, half of the year. It was in the middle half of the year. May. Uh, it was May. Okay. Very late May. Yeah. Late May into June. Okay. Yeah. So it would have been that month, end of May into the end of June. Right. Okay. And like everything coming up to it was trying to get it into workable shape before thousands of people looked at it. Uh, and then discovered all of your mistakes. And then afterwards, it was going through all the mistakes that thousands of people discovered. And, and 80% of them being the same mistake? Yes, there's a lot of people pointing out the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, yes. And you're like, yeah, I got it. I got it. I understand. I understand. Milestones don't work. I got it. I got it. I, I've already fixed it. Shut up. <laughs> I don't know what it says, but people pointed out quote unquote errors. And when reading through, I didn't even notice them. I'm like, no, they do work. I don't know what your damage is. It's <laughs> like, it just is a little confusingly worded. I understood what it said, but a hundred of a hundred other people didn't. So it got, it just got the, it, the way in which the information is presented was rearranged to be more readable is literally what happened. Um, got it. Uh, the Essence Kickstarter was big for me, too, uh, because that's the first time any of my paid writing has been revealed to the public. I kind of avoid the fan spaces, not intentionally, but just because the conversation moves faster than I have the time to follow most of the time. But I, it was it was kind of neat seeing some of the feedback on that. Um, and I had a couple of people who reached out not knowing what section I wrote and being like, oh, the whole Essence team did a great job. I especially like this thing that you did and <laughs> not knowing that it was the thing that I did. So that was that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, I, I'm complaining because it's very hard emotionally to deal with mass scrutiny, but the reception was enormously positive. And sort of the, the negativity came from small pockets of people who I don't care about. It really wasn't bad there were just a couple little rough spots that occupied so much of my space space in my brain that it's hard to think about other things because the first i had to lead up to the kickstarter in the middle of the year and then do the aftermath and then send it off to post-production and i think i was done with everything in september that's a big <laughs> chunk of the year that's a huge chunk of the year i highly recommend playing exalted with nothing but new people Exalted Outsider art is the best. It's incomparable. Don't tell them any of their suggestions are wrong. Just roll with it. It's so good. Fuck playing with experienced people. <laughs> Terry, tell, tell us about your game experience in the past year. I ran Invisible Sun. I got up to some Invisible Sun bullshit. I ran Exalted Essence for like the dev briefly. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> I ran eight Mage, the Ascension 20th Anniversary Edition one shots. And I somewhat confirm what Monica says when Monica's like, only play with new people uh, and let them do whatever <laughs> they want. I'm like, I put, I put swimmies on them before I throw them into the pool. They can't do quite whatever, but... We, we try and make it work. I wanted to learn how V5 worked, so I ran V5 at Gen Con <laughs> because that's how I learn games. I more or less turned it into Mage, and people are like, oh, this felt a lot different than previous versions of Vampire. And I'm like, yeah, that's the system, not me. <laughs> I got to briefly try Star, Star Trek Adventures, which I won a rematch with. That's the 2D20 system. I got to try that in its Fallout incarnation um, and actually started prepping to run a Star Trek one shot that I did not run. Um, I'd like some more time banging on that system as well. I think I like it in theory, but like, I want to want to play around with it some more. When you say you like it in theory, is it like uh, one of those things where it also only works in theory? Like, is this like the communism of uh, RPG core systems or? No, it, it's just like, 
You know how when you're drinking something sometimes and you take the f- taste the first sip and the rest of the drink does not taste quite the same as that first sip? I'm wondering if this is one of those cases because like the core resolution mechanic seems fine. I, I really haven't gotten much beyond the core resolution mechanic. So I want to see like, how does the rest of this all work? Mm-hmm. I also got to play Wander Home, Nahual, Fiasco once or twice and... A Quiet Year. Anyone who remembers Monica and I talking last year what our RPG goals were, I had listed like five systems that I wanted to play three of them, and I successfully did. So, yay! But considering I only had like three resolutions if and, and I met the other two, I am fine with that being the thing I, uh, I, I kind of let it down on. But still trying to avoid all of the little indie RPGs where I'm like, I'm almost mad that I paid $20 for a game I will at most ever run once, but that's better than all the other games where I paid $40 and will never run them, but pales in comparison to the fact that the Invisible Sun Black Cube is now one of the most efficient spends I have ever made in terms of (laughs) game time per dollar, and I find that infuriating. Darn you, Monty Cook. I kind of want to talk a little bit more about my experience with Invisible Sun, uh, because I think my Invisible Sun character is now among the longest characters that I have played as a player character, uh, because I'm usually the person running a game, and it's been nice to, to have a chance to let a character kind of grow and breathe. How has running Invisible Sun been? Harrowing. More so than any other game, I have no concept of what's going to happen once the session starts, because not because I don't know what the players are going to do, but the process of free association plus note-taking I use to generate each scene. It is... Amazing the degree to which I can have in my head a fully fleshed out idea of a place that I did not even know the characters were going to go at the beginning of the session. And yes, when I am done, I can feel my blood sugar depleted. Like, I I feel like there are certain hidden reservoirs of energy that are just evaporated. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like you have a a very solid plan going in because there's like never a time where you miss a beat and you have pictures and stuff ready. And like things make conceptual sense in the abstract way of the actuality. That's interesting to hear that you don't know what's going to happen going in. I have the vaguest of ideas. Huh. (laughs) But as you say, I try and do a lot of work. I have a very well-populated Pinterest board. This is very much a thing where before each session, I have 15 or 20 ideas, and I'm not sure what six or seven surface. So that is generally what my preparation looks like. Only with things that I know have to happen. Like when you go to a new sun, you're going to meet the warden. Like I'm comfortable coming up with a script for that, but everything else I have to have this like vague outline and try and figure out how to repurpose it as I go. And I use the soothe deck a remarkable amount. Even when I don't reveal it to the group, when I, when I turn a new card, I have the way open and see what it recommends for narrative changes to see if that could add anything. And a bunch of times it does. And I'm super excited to see what it does in your hands. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to running it. Cool. So what did we make this year? I finished the fall of Giara, so the finale's been released. There'll be a couple of epilogues that that, uh, come out early next year, but I finished a giant AP. It was 58 episodes long. It was a much bigger project than I thought it would be going in. I think that I, I, in doing it, I've learned a lot about not just producing an AP, but about running games in general. Even if you never intend to release your session, you may be interested in recording it and listening back and listening to the things that that you do or don't do 
without the pressure of needing to think about running the game while you're while you're paying attention. Like it makes note taking easier for one because I can take my notes by listening back instead of of uh, while I'm trying to run game. There's things like pacing. You have to get right for an AP, but that also make just sitting down and playing a game better if uh, a game is well-paced a while ago. But Terry, you gave me feedback on pacing very early on with Wall of Giara. Spent a lot of time figuring out how to do that better. I I think I released one or two Storytellers Vault supplements for Changing the Lost, which is... And I also did some official Changing the Lost work, uh, which we'll see the light at day at some some point. What did you you make, Terry? We ran a damn convention. Oh, yeah, we did. We ran a little convention. Yeah, we did Try It Con, which I think had amazing bang for the buck in terms of what we got out the other end and what we put into it. Like we generated roughly 600 gameplay hours and like $2,700 for the Helen Keller Foundation. It That doesn't feel like we did that this year, but I mean, that was... Uh, that was an, this year, yeah. Yes, yeah. that was May. That was an entirely online convention and... Uh, I would do that again. Yeah, it was a bunch of work. It was either easier than I thought it was going to be. And I, I found it the whole thing wildly satisfying, which I didn't think I necessarily would. People seem to genuinely enjoy it. The fact that it wasn't tied to a particular publisher, although we had pretty good OPP representation, was pretty great. And just like kind of the whole thing where people submitted games they wanted to try, and then we would try and find storytellers for that, I think was neat. I would need to find a way to make that more systematic if I were to do a larger event, but there were a bunch of industry professionals who gave us great advice and guidance. And there are a bunch of weird things that came out of it, like the lines and veils thing. I have probably used that document and just handed it to other people any number of times, just as a thing where it's like, oh, I want to get my group up and running. What should I need? I think that that has gone pretty well. I have some ideas for how to take advantage of an online format. I think there are a bunch of new ways to do workshops and like panel presentations that the internet hasn't quite taken advantage of yet. And I would love to do that at some point, but I have a big thing in May this year. So if we do another one, I'm probably eyeing up like October of 2022, but we'll see how things go. Um, but yeah, I would, I would certainly be game to do another one of those again. In terms of professional writing, I went from zero credits to five. <laughs> Two of them are very small, but yeah, I got to participate in Agents Dossier, something I can't talk about, a slightly different thing I can't talk about, Victorian Mage and Lore of the Traditions where I committed the greatest of all problems, where I said, hey, if I do this quickly, that will give me time to do other things. And the reply was, and I'm like, I hit submit, and I'm like, I will never do this again. That was so harrowing. And then the developer is like, hey, this other person is having difficulty, and you got your stuff in on time. Would you like to do another one? And I'm like, yes, you fool. What makes you think I would ever say anything besides (laughs) sure? (laughs) There was about a four-hour delay that involved talking to my... uh, fiance at the time but otherwise she's like yes you idiot do the thing i don't care what past you said i'm like damn it you know me so well um and (laughs) (laughs) so that was that was pretty great like just getting to add to the canon of of like my baby game Uh, did two storyteller vault publications one that was starting out as a four thousand word thanks for supporting me everyone which turned into a twenty four thousand word publication on alternatives to every element of the revised week of nightmares i still have no idea how to market that to the world and then 52 episodes of mates the podcast about 20 of systematic understanding of everything and six of pain in the dice yeah but like the fact that systematic understanding of everything is still getting pretty good downloads on a weekly basis like 
I find that immensely satisfying. I know not every game developer can publish a necessarily like a quick start rule set or have a organized play program, but I, I feel we have done something useful for Exalted. Yeah. And Exalted's a game that's got staying power, so I'm, I'm curious to see how long systematic understanding of everything stays, uh, keeps getting downloads like that. I also started another podcast. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of things that I've created. Um, Opcast, the, the Trinity podcast, with the express goal of reading more Trinity books, because I really like them, but have a was having a hard time finding the time to dedicate to reading them and having a podcast that I need to read for makes me do that. Monica, what did you make this year? Oh boy. Uh, so we're, we're including professional projects on this. Yeah. Oh yeah. So clearly, you know that I worked on essence cause I just talked about it for like 20 minutes while that did occupy so much of what I worked on in 2021. I also finished developing once in future for scion. I also finished developing co-developing, Assassins for Trinity Continuum, directed and developed uh, the Dragon Companion for Scion. Was there something else I worked on? Oh, I have a thing I can't tell you about that's been in the works for a while that I'm still working on. I took a contract to work on Root. Um, I got to finish my second draft. That's that's ongoing. We did 12 episodes of bonus experience and then wisely took a break. We have an off-season now. Uh, we arranged a bunch of community events. That's really great. There's currently a Malifaux League happening. That's been hugely successful. We did systematic understanding of everything together. <laughs> That's how we know each other. <laughs> that is how we know each other. Who uh, are these people? Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that every time since that I've recorded something with Monica, we've both hit start on the record within like a tenth of a second of each other. Like some, <laughs> It's the podcasting equivalent of people like ovulating together, even though that's not how that works. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's really more math than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone is talking to me about doing a uh, Malifaux slash Through the Breach explainer in the style of systematic understanding of everything. Um, Systematic understanding of breaches. (laughs) No, which we're calling The Philosophy of Uncertainty, which is an important book in, which is a cool title from Uh in setting. Just like Systematic Understanding of Everything is a cool title that's something from the game. So Assassins has been doing great. That's phenomenal. I'm overjoyed. We might hit gold seller before it comes out. It's wild that it is at Electrum and the whole the whole preview isn't out yet. Absolutely delighted and and not mad that it got bumped out of its number one spot by the one ring and then by root. <laughs> That's okay. We'll mm-hmm. accept it. It's not even a full release yet. I did also run root this year. That was not in my played games, um, but that that game imploded due to family drama. I'm so. sorry, your game imploded. Was that a case of life imitating art, or no, no, it was not. Um. Oh, I was also the co-developer on. I am the co-developer on God. <laughs> Five things. Yes, yeah. I, I just like the fact that it's called God. It'd be God. like, oh uh, yeah, God. We have some patch notes. This Jesus fellow, uh, OP. You should nerf him. Um, we've also had requests for more spawn points to be added to creation. If you can do that, we have suspicion that Tesla is wall hacking. Um, <laughs> we'd also like you to add save points. So does anyone have like any resolutions for 2022 or am I the only mad fool who is like, I'm going to have goals. Um, I try not to have goals. <laughs> That's not true. I personally, I think I would like to study a LARP. It's been on my thing to do like, I don't know that I want to participate, but maybe I do. It doesn't really seem like my thing, but there's a lot of interesting design space in LARP that I'm curious about. Some of it is like 
big group management and sort of it's their mechanical structure that services play groups that start at like 12. And I'm curious about what we can learn in the tabletop sphere from LARP's social contract mechanics and big group mechanics and like what is out there to learn from. And there are so many different kinds of LARPs. uh, So I would like to learn about that a little bit. Um, I'm also really, I want to design a game with Lumen. That seems like fun. It's a cool, slick little D6 pool system that I heard a lot of people talking about. And then the other day I was like, the fuck is this? And then Ray and I were looking at it and we're like, ooh, oh, this is neat. No wonder people talk highly of it. Um, And it looks very fun and easy to play with as a base system. Uh, And my favorite thing to do is to take, to remove the randomizer from the core game and then add a new one. Um, and so I may do that to Lumen. Sorry, whoever wrote it. These D6s are going to become D10s. I'm touching it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, it does look like a very good system to Exalted without Exalted, so maybe we should add that to the list of APs we do. Oh, yeah, we um, I guess Aegon. I can also Speaking add... Speaking of Exalted, what? we played oh, Aegon. Okay. That was Aegon. another thing Aegon. that we played. I fucking I, I did not Aegon. get to... You oh, invited shit. me to several Aegon games, and they were all at bad times for me. Aegon, uh, yes. Which I still would like to try. We'll add try Aegon to my list. I guess I wrote Exalted Blackbird. Like that, that was really good. I did the, I did the design complete, work for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I should have put that on the list, which will be coming out in an AP at some point. Yeah, that was one of those things where you're like, I have a few ideas, and you're like, I have a document to share, and it's like templated, <laughs> and it's got like a copyright and an ISBN on it. I'm like, oh, Monica went uh, went all out. <laughs> I do like doing a little layout in Google Docs. Mm-hmm. You can make a you can make a Google Doc look very nice hmm. with the very minimal effort that the the like as nice as I made it look. That took me like five minutes. It's not very hard to to do. But I wanted you to feel like I had gone the extra step for you and didn't just slap down a bunch of rules. <laughs> oh, I would also like to learn Read Firebrands and one of the Belonging Outside Belonging games hmm. because I'm curious about how they work and what we can learn from them. Both of which are diceless, I'm pretty sure. I'm very interested in ga- diceless games because I think diceless resolution is really what traditional games should lean on for like social things and not just just role play but like games like belonging outside belonging and like firebrands are all about building structure around social interaction like i make a strong move so i spend a token and then my character does something to you right like that's my understanding and i think that's a really cool conceptual design space that i would like to learn about and i would also like to play sleep away because i like scary story games, which I discovered over the course of the past year. I think that's a good list of goals. How about you, Chaz? Well, I have my first contract outside of Onyx Path. Um, So it's not so much a goal, but a a thing that I am doing that is due in January. Um, And so that's exciting. One of the things that I've started doing is trying to dedicate more time to reading because I, I enjoy consuming that new material and often have a hard time just making time to read. So being able to to read more leisurely is is something that I'd like to do. And then with the fall of Jiara being done, that uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting going to get back to some of my other hobbies. So like I want to paint minis again and, and play video games. And like, those are things that I haven't done like in the last two years 
mostly. So uh, it's not RPGing, but it is gaming, um, and and that's something that I want to want to spend some more time with. What about you, Terry? What are your goals for the next year? I don't. <clears throat> so I am trying to figure out all the hobbies in my life kind of have a natural arc where I go mm-hmm. from participant to super participant to community leader mm-hmm. and then kind of move on sounds, from there. S- sounds familiar. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah. And I am wondering how what the next evolution for RPGs are. The problem mm-hmm. I have with it compared to other hobbies is current company kind of accepted. It doesn't scratch the socialist for me. Like mm-hmm. it, it is too one to many in most of my endeavors. And the problem with RPGs is the basic unit of play is a group of two to six people. There is, there is no ability to really scale. You just get more groups of two to six people when things are going well. For most games, there are some that are designed to be different than that, but I that that doesn't seem to be the uh, the mainstream of it. And the more I think through it, the benefit I can bring to the world is, I said this tongue-in-cheek before, but now I kind of am doubling down on it, like coming up with games and play experiences that help people develop emotional intelligence in a very basic way. Mm -hmm. Like the first time you get someone who is kind of a stereotype of an emotionally unaware man and you get them to realize that like other characters have feelings. <laughs> it would be funny if it weren't so tragic. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering what increases the number of those moments. And for me, that may be a case where I need to meet them where they are, where I may need to come up with a more emotionally aware version of D&D as opposed to trying to convince them to play any of the games I like. And I'm really, I'm not sure what to do there. I don't know if it's something where it's like OSR outreach or something like that. But like if someone were to say, what is the power of role-playing? To me, that's a big one. Like there are useful things that the RPG community does, like disproportionately among hobbies, it seems to do a great job of including the differently abled and the queer, that is not my superpower tool set. Like I, I have nothing to add to that. Like that, <laughs> that, those checkboxes are covered. So like looking at everything else that RPGs can do, I'm wondering where I want to put, what what arrow I want to put my wood behind. And I'm not entirely sure yet. And kind of in that direction, I think podcasts are great. But if I want to expand people's understanding of like the weird games that I like, I think that's going to involve video. So I'm, I'm trying to build up the toolbox to do that. So hopefully I can do some YouTube stuff. Maybe I do some TikTok stuff. I'm not entirely sure. I'd like to do a Mage Explained kind of series. I like the way hey, we're like, we did systematic everyth- understanding of everything. And Monica, what was the name of the series you wanted to do? Understanding the uh, Imponderable or something? Or Oh, Philosophy of Uncertainty. The, yeah. Through the Breach one. Yeah. yeah. Which and I, we have like a whole thing set up, which just is a matter of me and my proposed co-host getting together to do it, which neither of us have had time to start yeah. yet. And, and the one I want to do for Mage is Mage Explained, comma, kind of. And every, <laughs> and everyone I've passed it in front of, they're like, yeah, that sounds about right. So like that, that tells me where it is. So I would like to to build up the muscles to do that. Over time, like podcast creation, podcast editing takes less time to do. So that's nice. I edit faster than I used to. I would like to do a longer book project. So the longest Storyteller Vault publication I've done is about 60 pages. So something like 45,000 words or something like that. I am curious if there is a longer book in me that would be useful 
to the community. And personally, I'd like to get to the point where in 2023, I could play a game in Spanish. I'm slowly, I'm slowly building the uh, not English muscle. And I'm to the point where I can, I can have a conversation in Spanish with all my other friends who are also at the point where they can now have a conversation in Spanish with other people. But if you speak it natively, I'm just like, ah, make the bad man stop. Um, yeah. so <laughs> 15 years ago, I could have run it for you. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. I graduated with like a Spanish concentration and like I could read and translate super, super well. And mm-hmm. then I proceeded to never speak a word of Spanish to anyone ever again. That's kind of my goal. So like I, I'm trying to figure out, it is interesting that we have different paths that we want to take in the RPG world. I don't know if I want to try and run a bigger event. I think I can, but I don't know if that's what I want to do. And again, I'm not sure where the most value gets delivered to the game playing public, because I really think the magic happens when you ask people to describe what a person who's not them is thinking. Mm -hmm. So I need to figure that out. But the rest of them stand. If you have your own resolutions that you would like to make for 2022 or otherwise want to tell tell us about your victories, tell us at Pain the Dice on Twitter. Chaz, if we're interested in finding out what you're up to, where can we do that? You can find me on Twitter as at StoryToldChaz, where I will share all of the various projects that I am involved in. And Monica, how about you? If you want to hear me talk more about game design and review a handful of indie products, uh, you can go listen to Bonus Experience at bxpcast.com or follow the show at bonusexpcast on Twitter. Uh, If you want to follow me um, and get a lot of weird retweets, I am at Zenith Sun. We mentioned a lot of games in this episode. If any of them strike your fancy, please use the affiliate link in the show notes and you'll help us keep the uh, lights on here. For now, I'm Terry Robinson with Pain the Dice at Terry Robinson on Twitter. Game strong. Another person, if I'm not allowed to swear, I've been on a couple (laughs) podcasts where they're like, you can't say the F word. And I'm like, you can't get the real me then. Thanks. What the fuck are you even doing here? (laughs) You you knew who I was. Why did you invite me? But usually I'm like, okay, I won't, I won't swear. That's fine. Chaz, do you want to do our, our tagline? I forget what our tagline is. Because games are fun, but often hard. Right. (laughs) Much like the Gnostics, I believe it is still the year 63 AD and we are still all in the Roman Republic. You can't just basketball palm people's heads and throw them over buildings. People notice that. Would I rather it be 300 people each downloading one episode in a week or one person listening to 300 episodes in a week? (laughs) I imagine it's something of a mix between the two, but... uh, I did an interview Monday evening with someone who didn't have great mic quality over Zoom, but like they clearly had the boom in front of their face. And I'm like, well, maybe it's just Zoom or something like that. And then in the middle, like Monica will periodically hit the microphone. But this was like a maneuver I will simply refer to as the Widowmaker, where where they were trying to do like one of these. And it was just like, bam! And like there was no sound that was like nothing showed up sound wise. I'm like, okay, I'm talking to someone over a laptop mic. That is strictly a overly expensive Christmas ornament at current. and then at the end of it they're like did i oh i don't think i was using the wrong mic and they're like did you notice anything i'm like no it sounded great (laughs) so never listen to my show (laughs) and other news this mic i can kind of keep out of the splash zone Mm -hmm. like i usually like there's usually the this yeah and a this and my old mic was like right here and i would do one of these Mm -hmm. and then i would backhand it I wonder if I could set mine up like that yeah. so I was not at risk for bonking it and it wasn't right in front it's of me. It's up here. It is safe. Way. Oh, and forward emphatic gestures, too. It's safe from that and from doing my little Italian 
I like the fact that you can do like almost all major league football, like uh, hand signals and penalties without <laughs> like false start, five yard penalty, resume play. Penny. <laughs> That's about all the football joke I can make. Yeah, that me too. Yep. <laughs> I've run out of football. <laughs> We've footballed as much as we can collectively. Yes. How do we open these? We should, we should figure that out at some point. Welcome to the systematic understanding of everything. Hi, mage fans. This is your host, Terry Robinson, with... <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the fall of Giara. <laughs> That's staying in. Welcome to bonus experience. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. We, do, we are a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. Ha. We are queer people speaking with authority about games. And yes, we swear. Die mad, Die mad about it. <laughs> This is CNN. (laughs) I'm not one of those people who spent time in retail and hates Christmas music now. I have never lost the Whamageddon challenge. Like, I don't think I've ever heard the song in the wild. Like, (laughs) yes, as extroverted as I am, like once I go out, it is my defense against the world. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't hear you over my, my sweet Jabra cans. Um, so, <laughs> so like i think i have an 11 year streak of like winning whamageddon amazing yeah, that, yeah, i know <laughs> ladies <laughs> a friend of mine started saying genties to be funny and i'm like that's actually a word <laughs> yeah it is actually. that refers to something in the exalted setting which is based on the term from the roman republic <laughs> it was a family with a shared background or organizing principle precursor to the idea of jati Hey, my book. Uh, I have the conversation stick now. Uh, but Julie and I now have a strict no new cats, no new children rule until at least, <laughs> until at least 2023. We'll see if we can keep that resolution. I'm one of those kids who was just like, oh, I love anything that's anime. Anyway, let's get back to talking about games. You may know Monica by Monica's pen name, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of my... I also have to go to the bathroom, so this would be a great time to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, sure. This one turned into more group therapy than our normal conversations, so I figured We that... haven't seen each other in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a little while since the three of us got together. Yeah. 